Hi, welcome to Sidewalk Talk. I'm Steve Fortunato, founder of Shovel the Sidewalk. We're a marketing firm in Buffalo, New York. We help small businesses build their brands and we help them create their advertising. We utilize authentic storytelling to do so. Thus, we have the podcast Sidewalk Talk, where we, we tell, help tell stories of Western New Yorkers that are leading the charge and, and making a difference. And, and on this uh, episode, we have uh, Soda Kuchkowski. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> we practice that. Uh, she's founder of Start With Sleep, uh, a, a sleep health resource wellness center and uh, retail boutique. So you're all about sleep and I want to get right to it. Um, it's really cool stuff. We did a lot of talking before the episode. I've already learned a lot. Uh, I guess we got to share it with everybody else now. So explain to me what Start With Sleep is all about. What do you guys do here? So we are a community resource for sleep health education. And we do that, you know, we not only address medical sleep challenges, behavioral sleep challenges, but really our main focus is on helping people get a good night's sleep naturally. We want you to achieve your best sleep, a better night's sleep. So we do that through health programming. We're basically curriculum based. So we provide programming for hospitals, schools, and corporate wellness initiatives. And then we have a retail boutique that supports, the, with tools that support that education. Uh, so Jane Doe or, or, or Joe Doe walking down the street do they come in here then? Absolutely. We get we get foot traffic in here. We have uh, physicians that will send patients directly to us for consultations. Um, we do online booking. We do local work, but we now also do national and global work. I feel like, um, um, I could be wrong, I, I feel like people are starting to understand at least a little bit more how important sleep is. I'm sure we're still a long ways off of, of educating and um, you know, we, we hear people, the tough guy syndrome, you know, I'm gonna, I only need four hours of sleep. That's not true, right? You, sleep is important in everything that we do. Yeah, sleep is vital to everything that we do and there is starting to be a mind shift. I think what's happening too is we're seeing a lot more studies that are coming out. You know, the Nobel Prize was based on circadian rhythms a couple years ago. So I think that with all of what the mainstream media is starting to report, people are starting to understand that it's connected to everything from our immune response, our ability to have the flu shot be effective, right? To fight off a cold. We're 300% more likely to catch a cold if we have a weakened immune, or if, if we sleep, um, poorly, four to five hours per night, um, our ability to maintain and manage our weight. So it really goes into everything, our focus, our concentration. How much sleep should, should the average adult begin? Let's talk about adults and I want to talk about kids too. Yeah, so those are two different uh, sleep patterns. So with adults, the National Sleep Foundation recommends seven to nine hours, but I always tell people it should really be between that six and a half to nine and a half hour mark because sleep is based on individual need. So, you know, some people need a little bit more than others. If we're sleeping too short, we get into a lot of those health issues. And if we sleep too long, we also can see the onset of a lot of chronic conditions as well. What about uh, older adults? Does it change there too? It actually doesn't. It's actually a misconception that you need less sleep. What happens is they suffer from what's called advanced sleep syndrome. So they like to go to bed early and then they're supplementing with naps during the day, but they still see, need the same amount of sleep. Are naps important? Naps are important, but timing of naps is even more important. You know, I'm very big on the power nap. So 10 minutes, anywhere between 10 to 30 minutes. Adult sleep cycles on average are 90 minutes. So we don't want our nap to ever be longer than that. We want them to also be before three o'clock in the afternoon. Because what happens is if you've ever taken a nap for 45 minutes or an hour, have you ever woken up completely disoriented? You're groggy too, yeah. right? It's called sleep inertia. So you wake up and you have no idea, like, is this your house? Are you <laughs> late for work? You have kids around here somewhere, and it's like we, we walk around in this state of being like zombies, and that's, I think, why we're so obsessed with them, right? Because we can relate. 
<laughs> so some people actually, that nine and a half hours just seems like a lot of sleep. It is. Some people need that, but if they're sleeping more than 10, there are a number of sleep disorders that is tied to, like, for instance, narcolepsy in adults looks very different than what appears in the movies. Like, falling asleep in your soup, that's actually not what adult narcolepsy looks like. So there's a lot of misinformation that people have. What about children then? Um, my my, my uh, eight-year-old, just she just doesn't get enough sleep. Mm -hmm. And we'll put her down as, as early as 7, 6.30 even, but usually, you know, 7 to 8. Um, by the time she gets to sleep, it doesn't matter if she's up late, she'll still get up at 5.30 or 6 in the morning. I mean, I'm up. Um, well, that's called early risings with the little yeah. ones. I mean, there's a lot to talk about sleep. Um, familiar with like the early riser and the night owl, there's actually yeah. a sleep psychologist that reframed them into four categories. Um, so the bear, the wolf, the lion, and um, the dolphin. So with little ones, they tend to be lions. So they're like adults with that senior adults with that advanced sleep syndrome where they're waking up early mm -hmm. and then they're going to bed early. But it's really our day-to-day -day lifestyle factors that affect our ability to sleep well at night. So things like meal timing, our nutrition, is it packed with essential minerals and vitamins? Light regulation is a huge one for melatonin production. So there's a lot that people don't understand affect their ability to sleep at night. And with kids, they actually sleep in shorter sleep cycles. They sleep 50 to 60 minutes versus adults, which is 90. By the time they reach school age, they do have adult sleep cycles, but the sleep is different. They actually need more sleep than adults do. Right, so explain to me the, the light, you were talking about light, the light mm -hmm. situation. You mean when they're sleeping, when people are sleeping? So natural light, done. first thing in the morning, if you wake up before there's natural light, think using things like light therapy or even the lighting in your home, natural light at the noon hour and then avoiding artificial light at night. So little kids are 90% more sensitive to the blue light from electronic devices like televisions, phones right. and tablets. And there was a study that, was, that actually just came out about a week ago uh, showing things that we know, but showing that for every hour of smartphone use, that it delays melatonin production by three hours. Wow, so that'd be... Yeah, so you can do things like wear blue blocker glasses. They do have like the night shift mode, but the studies also show that that doesn't filter or block the light. So it's better to wear the blue blocker glasses or to turn it off a couple hours before bed. Right, I, I assume especially children, right? They mm -hmm. shouldn't be. Oh, Even no, if it's no. in the room, they're sensitive to that light. Adults too? What if, uh, okay, let me ask this. People with their cell phones, they use it as their alarm clock. Yeah. I'm one of those people. Should yeah. I not be doing that? Well, there's, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. So if you're using it in the morning, looking at that light in the morning is actually the kind of light that you want to emulate. Natural sun is always best. The big thing with looking at our phones in the morning is what are you waking up to? Because if you're using something, like if it's not a podcast or a song or something that's soothing to your brain, then it leaves you with that state of grogginess. That effect can last up to four hours later. Um, but also, are you exposing yourself to negative news in the morning? That's a big one for people. For every three minutes of negative news that we consume in the morning, we're 27% more likely to have a bad day. And that effect stays with us six to eight hours later. Right, I'm bringing this in. It's all about me right now. It's all about <laughs> We're going to talk a lot so, about sleep. <laughs> so, I'm, you know, I'll be up at 5, 5.30 because I'll, I'll work out in the morning. It's, it is dark. Mm -hmm. But the first thing I want to do is check on what's going on around the world, check see if the stock market crashed, whatever's going mm -hmm. on, what's going on with the coronavirus. There's a lot of bad news. So you're saying, which, what do I, I mean, do, My do I suggestion to people and something that I started doing many, many years ago, especially with the change in the political climate in the United mm -hmm. States, is that you don't expose yourself to that until you're ready to get out of the door. Because what we want is we want a very proactive 
mindset versus a reactive. If you're looking at that stuff, right? If you don't look at it, you get up, you're having, you're taking your shower, you're doing your morning run, you're having your coffee, and then you're reacting to emails or outside factors and all these stressors that are coming at us all the time. You're in a better state of mind to ignore or to filter that out versus exposing yourself to it initially when you're waking up. You're taking control over that situation. So you're saying what you do even in your morning routine can affect your sleep pattern? Absolutely. But I, th I talk a lot about gratitude. You know, people underestimate being thankful for the things around them. Your situation can always be worse. We know this just by turning on the television. We see storms, people losing their homes. Your mindset is everything. All right. So explain to me that, I mean, how, what is it that, I, one of the things we talked about before uh, we started uh, this episode was how you know you have some products here, um, but what's that that maybe other stores have as well? But we have products, some proprietary stuff that okay. other places don't have. Okay, but they're not. That, <laughs> those aren't the answer. It's almost like you. Wait, I know we didn't talk about this, but I felt like the way you were discussing it, everyone is every human is different, every person is different, and you treat them all differently, and it's almost like a treatment plan. What what do you do? So sleep is very individualistic. The reason why we don't see things like sleep technology being that successful is because you can have someone, you can have two individuals the same age, same gender, similar circumstances, both uh, presenting with signs of insomnia, but they have different, the way that they react to stress is very different. So those are gonna be very different therapy plans. So that's why we can't just apply all the same tools to everyone. You have to work with the individual within their personality type, within their, uh, their commitment, right? Like not everyone commits to things or is motivated as the next person. Some people need a little bit more accountability, which is why I do sleep coaching and consulting. I have to check in with some clients more often than I have to check in with others. Some are, are not good with scheduling, and but you have to introduce a schedule because that's very important to regulating your sleep patterns as well. When you say scheduling, you mean scheduling your sleep? Well, so I provide my clients with a sleep, like basically a daily plan. So based on what I find out, like their circadian rhythm, their chronotype, what's best. So like, for instance, you were saying like how you start off your day, I would figure out when's the best time for you to have that run, to make sure that you're staying hydrated, to have that morning coffee, to have your lunch and schedule. You know, it could be a lot or a little depending on you and how committed I think you'll be to the plan. And following that will help reset your rhythm. When you have your daily coffee affects your sleep that night then. So everything affects Every person your sleep. should have their morning coffee 90 minutes after they wake up because that's when we see the natural dip. Well, if you don't drink coffee like me, I, I just drink water. That's fine. There's a lot of natural other ways, you know, obviously like coffee also has its downfall. Um, but people who's, who drink too much of it, especially or drink it after three o'clock in the afternoon, caffeine actually reduces our deep sleep by 20%. So that impairs our physical recovery. If I'm, I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly, if we didn't, maybe um, when life was simpler. It used to be simpler. We, we were right? in caves, so, people right? took shifts. That's where we get so all that. So then yeah. they just went to, they probably slept better. They slept well, didn't they? Mm -hmm. Whereas now we have so many different things going on. There's anxieties. So, it, so, it's almost, so how we live our lives is affecting our sleep. It could be in a positive or a negative way. But in the, when it's in a negative way, it all snowballs into now you're getting less sleep, which opens up other Yeah, And if you can't right? put in all that commitment, I tell people, you know what, go camping. Lose the technology, mm -hmm. go out into nature, you're gonna be grounded with the earth, you're gonna be listening to the sun and the moon, and you're just gonna find your natural pattern. 
get out away from everything. Why do you, you have so much energy, I'm guessing, because you figured this out, you, you know how to sleep? I, you know, I've always had a lot of energy getting into the healthcare field. I just fell in love with it because we talked about sleep is vital to everything, but I live by the, you know, the whole philosophy of it's about energy management, not time management, and sleep helps you maximize that. I mean, if you want clearer skin, right? beauty sleep, the growth hormone is secreted while we're sleeping. If you are an athlete, you want to improve your reaction time or your speed, that ties into sleep. If you are a business owner, an entrepreneur, and you want to be creative and motivated, like that goes into sleep. All of that is connected to our ability to sleep well. Same with um, the immune system, right? Yeah. I mean, our immune being able to fight off disease, um, like I talked about the flu shot, all of that is relative. Hmm. And so you're, you're seeing that people are starting at least to understand this better. Oh, yeah. I mean, even you see like the Jeff Bezos of the world and Bill Gates and all of these people, Ariana Huffington, that are all talking about the fact that what is my secret weapon? Even Tom Brady. We're not big fans of the Patriots around here, but you've got to give him kudos for winning so many Super Bowls. And he always says his key is sleep. Mm. There's something to be said about that. So let's, let's talk about your, your situation, your story. You're a Western New York native. You're from Buffalo. Born and raised. Um, and you went on to UB, so... Uh, I stayed local, but I dormed. Right, okay. <laughs> I dormed. I, like, went away, kind of. But you have a marketing background, I which do. is cool, which is also has obviously helped, helped your business, too. Mm -hmm. so, and then explain from there, you went on to Niagara, explain what you studied there and how this connection... I mean, marketing and what you're doing now... It's an interesting combination. So I've kind of followed an interesting path that, you know, I did retail for a while. I worked for a technology media company and we did like all the internal training for Best Buy, CompUSA. So I've always been very big into technology. Um, I was a school teacher, a Spanish school, uh, for a Spanish teacher for the Buffalo Public Schools for a number of years. And that's when I decided to get my master's in educational leadership and administration from Niagara University. So I came full circle. My mom was an educator. She actually, um, her and my godmother were the ones who brought English as a second language to the Buffalo Public schools there's actually a monument on Niagara Street that's resurrected and it's like all pictures of her <laughs> oh that's yeah. very cool yeah. uh, your mom your mom's from Puerto Rico yes your, your mm -hmm. dad right didn't so, speak English so she was 29 yeah but that's brought a, it. what yeah. a strong story that is that that's mm -hmm. great so you probably learned I'm getting into the entrepreneur stuff here you probably learned about work ethic then oh absolutely from, there's yeah. no thing as lazy in my house yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and so you're um, explain to me then where you went how you how did you end up landing into the interest in sleep you got into uh, healthcare explain explain what you were doing there and how you discovered well even this. when I was uh, attending the University of Buffalo I kind of I started off uh, pre law and I went into psychology and there were a lot of things that interested me. Even with marketing, I always had an interest in healthcare. Like I thought growing up, like my dream job, my dream job would be to like work for Johnson and Johnson, and that okay. changed. <laughs> but I had the opportunity to go into marketing specifically to work for a diagnostic testing facility as like a marketing person. But it was all based upon becoming, um, you know, a marketer for diagnostic services, right? So there has to be in order to value to anything, you have to educate people. And I just fell in love with everything I learned about sleep. Like you know, especially 
in the testing facility, like you're helping people change their lives. When you have diabetic patients, you know, they're 86, you know, type two diabetes, 50% more likely to have things like sleep disordered breathing. And I started working and counseling patients directly with my physicians because in the testing facility, they're only looking for what's known as sleep apnea and there's different variations to that. But when it comes to the quality of our sleep, it's about those lifestyle factors, right? And they would send patients to me and say, you know what, this person's struggling, like, can you help them? And I just started like talking to them and asking questions and with marketing, it's all about probing questions and understanding people. Some of like what I learned in school came back with psychology and it's just like a culmination of all of the different things that I've learned over my academic career and my professional career and I just kind of was able to roll it into one. I mean there's places you can go including Western New York and they have well, sleep centers mm -hmm. right this is not a sleep center what is this what so I actually collaborate with medical testing okay. facilities uh, you know that when patients do need uh, sleep testing with this this is an education resource center so if you believe that you need a sleep study we can do assessments to decipher what are the symptoms we can get you either in with a sleep doc to get a consultation or set you up with your primary care so that your insurance will pay for it you'll understand the financial obligations we also talk about the variations because there's actually four different types of sleep apnea even if you're diagnosed in a clinic setting they might not go into those details with you and we also you know my doctors like to say it's a sleep museum in here because I also go through the therapy so I let you know what are your options if you have something like positional sleep apnea the reason why mattress companies say they can help with your sleep apnea is because of positioning right mm -hmm. so that's where that comes from there's pillows for that if you have you know um, obstructive sleep apnea or central sleep apnea there's things like the CPAP continu continuous positive airway pressure but there's also dentists I work with, with which make molds that expand your lower jaw so I provide them all of the options that are available to them so that way when they go in they know what to expect because you go in or your doctor gives you a script or something and you have no idea what to expect or what's going to happen and then compliance rate is very low for people utilizing the machine right, mm -hmm. right. And, and we and there is a lot of talk um, I remember a doctor a few years ago saying we all have sleep apnea. We've had, everyone's well, had it for Well, according years. to the World Health Organization, 936 million people have some sort of sleep disordered breathing as of three months ago. Right. Exactly. So, um, but, but sleep apnea seems to get all the headlines. But is that really, aren't there like a billion so sleep, sleep apnea, disorders? How sleep apnea is the most common medical sleep disorder. Insomnia is the most common, is the most common sleep disorder, but it's a behavioral disorder. Uh, how, how so? Because oh, it, it's based on the things insomnia that you're doing is, that are causing. And you can have okay. insomnia and, and sleep apnea together, right. but there's over 86, um, well, there's 86 classified sleep disorders. They say over 80 because it's questionable whether or not it's 83 or 86, depending on what you're looking at. So there's more than 80 sleep disorders. Absolutely. And, and, and so do you, what do you do? How do you know... All the different. How do you know what someone I've been has? Been doing if this for a, a long time. I know, but someone comes in, they're like, "Oh." <laughs> so I've been doing this for like, 15 years. I mean, the most common that we're looking at are things like nar narcolepsy. There's mm -hmm. something called idiopathic hypersomnia that's very similar to narcolepsy. You have the variations of sleep apnea. You have different variations of insomnia, um, and then you know there's REM behavior disorders, issues with our REM sleep. I mean. Most certainly do I have all 86 uh, memorized, no, but even in the clinic setting, they're not looking at all of that. But I'm fortunate enough to collaborate with sleep doctors, not only locally, but around the United States, and I'm able to get people in touch with the right resources if necessary. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So um, your, congratulations, your business is doing great. But I think um, what's really cool is I think you're really helping a lot of people. But a lot of businesses are also recognizing, you do a lot of consulting, right? So explain to me, I, 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 before the episode started, you told me about a, 
uh, a tech company in Israel that mm -hmm. flew out here to meet with you so that mm -hmm. you could help consult them. Explain how, what, what kinds of consultation are you doing here? So with that particular company, they're actually based out of different locations in the United States. I had someone from Seoul, Korea that um, flew in. But, you know, it's a lot of them are looking to collaborate with me either as a consultant for products or technology that they're putting together, or they're just looking to really be interested in how is it that I'm putting together this education. My business is very unique in its model because we do maternity, child, and adult sleep education. We do it very differently. So uh, for hospitals, I do nurse training, right? So for sleep education, we have a program called the Baby Sleep Collective. It's about supporting expecting parents and then supporting them through you know, zero to three months and four to 11 patterns of sleep change. So, you know, we have very shortcoming in terms of education mm -hmm. for parents. Mm -hmm. um, I do school programs, so I work directly with student bodies. I have um, curriculum, I do parent engagement, and then I also work with like the staff. So I do a lot of uh, talks for like um, teaching staff, administrative staff. And then I do uh, corporate wellness where I work with all of the large employer groups and the insurances in the area. And I provide education for them in terms of implementing wellness initiatives into their into their business model as well because we often think about eating healthy nutrition we think about physical activity but sleep is a foundation for that we should eat our, our, our nutrition should be to promote good sleep we should mo move to promote good sleep and it'll all fall together you know um I'm, you brought up nurses what do you think of i mean how healthy is third shift for not just nurses well that's anybody. why we have you know 48 percent of western new yorkers sleep less than six hours per night which is very bad. We rated, actually rated the seventh most mid-sized sleep-deprived city in the United States. Why? And it's based on our occupation. So we have a ton of shift work here, obesity rates, unemployment, light pollution, noise pollution, construction. So there's a number of factors that went into that. But I do a lot with shift work in this area, absolutely. Because I work with the correctional officers, first responders, firefighters, and that's all different. I mean, firefighters are 24 hours on for three days and then they're off. Correctional officers can work 18 to 30 hour shifts. Like it's, it's it's a lot and it there's a bi-directional relationship between mental health so when you're looking at you know people that are committing suicide we're seeing veterans you know every single day um, the things that are happening all of that is connected to their ability to sleep well at night and it's very unfortunate like we need those resources to get to more people so I mean should we eliminate third shift well, I think the thing is, I mean, your body never gets acclimated to shift work, but there are things that you can do, understanding your chronotype, utilizing naps. Um, there's things, you know, when you sleep during the day, your sleep is a lot lighter than when you sleep at night. Um, your melatonin is obviously not being produced. So there's things that you can do to help supplement with that, which can improve it. But we see that people who work shift work, I mean, their likelihood for chronic diseases is twice that of everyone else. Oh, okay. And then um, how are we on time? We've got a few more minutes. We're good. Um, so, you know, Armed Forces is something that uh, I appreciate those people and all those people and what they've done and, um, yeah, and, and you, you mentioned the suicide rate and we just had a veteran on uh, a couple weeks ago and that's part, he wants to help out the veterans. So what, what can, you know, it's a great, great point, veterans that, you know, sure they're not getting great sleep. Um, when no, and they have issues with PTSD that yeah, goes into yeah, the REM so. sleep. So, you know, I work with so many different, I work with different hospitals and different groups in the area and I'm doing, you know, the parts that I can, but, you know, that's, I actually collaborated with an educa educational institution. So now I'm the instructor for, um, a program that certifies sleep coaches. So they're in 46 different countries, 10 different languages. So I have students right now all over the world. And what I'm trying to do is 
empower these people to be sleep coaches, to take it within their respective communities, and because sleep is a global issue, and the only way that we can do that is through, change it is through education, right? So I'm trying to do my part in that. Number one thing then for sleep, I'm getting out of you, is, um, well, well, no, I'm gonna ask you that question. What's the, what's the number one thing people should do to make sure they're getting the proper amount of sleep? Prioritize it. It's as simple as that, because it's like, I mean, there's so many things that you need to do, but you have to make it a priority. It's that mind shift. You might not think that you have a negative relationship with sleep, but if you've had chronic sleep issues for years, or if the thought of going into your bedroom, what's supposed to be like your sleep sanctuary, makes you, like, we have a physical reaction to that. Most people don't realize that they do. So I think it's getting behind kind of reevaluating your relationship and creating a positive relationship with it so that you then prioritize it. Yeah, I know. I'm... I, 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 I've been there where I say, man, I could get so much more done. Yeah. And so the thing like is, you're not as effective. You make poor decisions, impulse control. Like uh, people are moody. They're not good with their personal or pro professional relationships. That's why they always say sleep on it, right? You always come up with a better idea after you've gotten a good night's sleep. Sleep is the best thing that you can do. I would say if you are busy, if you're so busy, you have no time. Like you know how they say like with meditation, like everybody should med meditate for five minutes. If you're super busy, you should meditate for an hour. It's the same thing. If you have too much to do, no time to sleep, that's when you should stop, take a nap. Prioritize. That's a, yeah. that's, a, that's a great piece of advice. We have a few more minutes. I do want to also share your story as, as a business owner uh, and maybe you could connect with other people. One thing that is amazing to me is obviously you have this business, but you're involved in so many other organizations, mm -hmm. yet you prioritize your sleep. Right? Huh? So how is it? And you're a mom and I you're am. a wife. I say a full-time assistant yeah. to a five-year-old. <laughs> how, yeah. how is it? There's probably other people out there, uh, men and women, they're like, I'd li I, know I have this passion. Maybe it's not sleep, it's something else. And I want to inspire others and help others and provide for others uh, my knowledge. What is it that you, how is it that you're able to manage all these things? Well, like I said earlier, I think it's about energy management, not time management. I'm very mindful of it. Uh, a lot of times people will spend time in meetings. I utilize technology a lot. You know, you're able to send emails, do chats, set up things to streamline a lot of processes so that not as much time is done. And I'm very big on execution. Like everyone can have ideas, but the juice is in the execution, right? That's how things get done. Yeah. Yeah. The in business, there's a lot. You of could always come up with ideas or plans. I mean, I've gone, I've been part of organizations where it's like they meet for two years and they haven't moved forward with any of their initiatives. That's not for me. Like I am, let's outline what we're going to do. Let's figure out a plan. What are the steps and how do we execute so that we can see some, uh, we, I'm very outcome based. So if there's a, a um, someone out there that's thinking about starting a business, what's your number one piece of advice? Well, I think there's a lot of great resources in this area, but I think really getting all of your ducks in a row, you know, a lot of times people have ideas and it's one thing to talk about, it's another to do it right. So if you're serious about it, you know, we no longer use a traditional business plan. There's a business model canvas, but really putting your pieces together, seeing like who will you collaborate with? What, are, what is your plan? Are you realistic about the economics? Because it's like you could want a space to open up, to host classes and do all these things that all cost money, right? And now the, the economy is changing. Like, how would you sustain yourself? Like, if you 
you have a business, you should have so much money in the bank in order to go without income for a while if it takes you a while to build up. So I think people don't think about that. It's not just about having a product or service. You really have to have the business fundamentals. So I would suggest going to SCORE, going to SBA, going to the Northland workforce and seeking out you know, even a mentor locally and figuring out what are the business components before you even get into the core of what it is you're trying to do. You need to set that foundation. Uh, great energy, great story. Uh, Soda Kuchkowski, yes. got it right again. <laughs> uh, founder of uh, Start With Sleep. And I think uh, my biggest takeaway, there's multiple takeaways here, but what I personally will take away from this is, I love the thought, prioritize the sleep. You mm -hmm. know, be happy about it, uh, enjoy it. Make sure, you know, you're, you have many priorities in your life, family, whatever it is. And but sleep has to be there because if you have that sleep, then you're a better father, you're a better it wife. It will help you meet better. every personal and professional goal. If you prioritize it, it will reward you. If someone wants to contact you or learn more about you, uh, website, uh, startwithsleep.com. Start it's got all of your contact information. We're on Hurdle Avenue in, in, in Buffalo. Um, I encourage you if, if you, well, most of us need help with sleep. I think as adults, most of us right now, you just said the statistic was 40 something percent. Yeah. Um, we're in trouble. So check it out, startwithsleep.com. Um, you can download all of our Sidewalk Talk podcasts on, on your podcast platform of choice, whatever it is Apple, iTunes, uh, Spotify. You can also watch any of our podcasts by visiting our website, shoveltosidewalk.com. Um, and if you want to be a guest on our show or you, you know of someone that has a great story that needs to be shared and there's some kind of tie to Western New York, there is a, uh, you can visit our website and there's a form you can, you can uh, fill out. So thanks again for listening and watching. Thanks again to you, Soda. Congratulations on your business and thanks Thank for you. helping people out so much and thanks for participating. Until next time, this has been Sidewalk Talk.